in podcast with me your host crystal where i talk about anything and all horror so on this podcast i give you my honest and horrific opinion on a different horror movie every week i drop spoilers i never lie i always keep it real sometimes i do specials and sometimes i have co-hosts uh, so to keep up with all things horror and the horror nights in podcast please join my twitter horror family by following me at horror daddies rs we have a ton of fun over there and i love interacting and chatting with you guys i'm super active on there so if you have any questions for me or just want to talk you can definitely dm me on twitter because um i always answer <laughs> um So uh, be sure to follow my podcast on whatever app you use as well. I'm available for your listening pleasures on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube, all under the same name, um, Horror Daddies RS. So if you guys have been following me on Twitter, you know that this month officially starts March Madness Movie Month. So basically... I came up with the idea that I wanted to incorporate the whole bracket system with the um, idea of horror movies. So what I did um, was I came up with a theme uh, with the help of Patrick. So shout out to Patrick. Thank you so much for helping me with this idea and making it come to life and helping me kind of figure out how I could do this the right way and not be too overwhelmed. Um, Because as you guys know, I do have like 12 jobs. so. (laughs) Um, So yes, the first bracket for this week was Black Swan versus Session 9. Now, guys, I have talked to a couple of you, and some of you have said, eh, some of these movies aren't really horror. But see, the thing is, the theme of the month is madness. So it's basically movies where the main character has essentially gone mad so um if you think about black swan and who is actually the winner this week so congratulations to black swan um you know that already because you follow me on twitter (laughs) and hopefully you voted um so it's essentially where the main character kind of gets into their own head and goes a little crazy um and of course black swan fits the theme because natalie portman's character in this movie goes nuts um but we're gonna get into that a little bit later into the show I do have a couple things I wanted to talk about before we did that so how was your guys week did you have a good week um mine was okay it was a little rough um I had to do my taxes this week and it was really 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 terrible for me this year um but not to get too much into it, I was working as a just a bartender for a very long time and I was over the age of 26, so I didn't want to get penalized for not having health insurance because 
most of the time when you work in a restaurant, uh, especially like a restaurant that I worked in, just small family owned, they don't really offer health insurance. So I had to get my own health insurance. And unfortunately, I used the government health insurance and I just totally ruined that for myself and um, just didn't do it right. So I ended up having to back pay a lot. Um which is, it is what it is, you know, whatever. Um, I also don't own anything. I, <laughs> I'm i paying off my car and I rent my apartment and I'm not married and I don't have any children um, and I make a pretty decent living. Um, so I definitely got screwed this year on taxes and if you guys got screwed too, um, I'm right there with you. If you did end up getting a return, good, I'm glad, good for you. Um, but you know, I, I never really understood how that the shit works and a lot of this is just, you know, not fair, but whatever it is, what it is, it's, I'm not going to really get into it because there's a lot of politics behind the whole Obamacare and thing. And I don't really want to talk about that, but it's what happened this week and it's all taken care of and paid for. Um, but if you guys had a better tax season than I did, congratulations. If not, I feel your pain. Um, so along with, uh, so moving on from that, um, I wanted to give my friends um, from another podcast a shout out. Um, their podcast is called A Podcast from Beneath. Um, these guys and I were actually supposed to do a show last week, but unfortunately things happened and scheduling was off and um, I wasn't able to participate in their found footage February wrap up because they actually did found footage February um, 2 along with me. Um, but I'm hoping to hopefully be a guest on their show soon. Um, if you guys have not heard of these, um, this podcast, please go check it out. Uh, you can find them on iTunes. They also um, have, they're on Podbean too. So it's a podcast from beneath. These guys crack me up every time I listen to them. So I definitely wanted to give them a shout out and um, hopefully we can work something out and um, I can be on their show soon because um I love listening to them and they always sound like they have a really good time. Um, and they all have um, accents too, like Southern accents. So I, I think that definitely adds to the to, to, to their jokes. Not saying that people with, accent, with Southern accents are funny, but I just think it's funny to hear things like that with an accent. Cause, and, and guys, you can't come for me either because I was born in Goldsboro, North Carolina. So I know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm hoping to be a guest on their show soon. Um, I'm also going to be starting a Patreon soon. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard of Patreon before. I actually have no idea how it works. Uh, Patrick is helping me trying to figure it all out because, uh, I essentially have no idea what I'm doing, but it would be cool to, um, you know, get some income from that and also be able to give you guys some really cool stuff. Because uh, if you know, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you know that I did a giveaway a couple weeks ago and I interacted with a lot of you and I know a lot of you liked that whole aspect of giveaways and stuff like that. And I think it would be, Patreon would kind of be like the same idea, but it wouldn't necessarily be all giveaways. It would be different tiers. Now, I know there's other podcasts and ones that I listen to and I've checked them out um, that their tiers are way more advanced than mine are going to be. Mine are going to be very simple. It's not going to be super expensive. Not saying that the other podcasts 
tiers are expensive or that they're too expensive. I just am only one person (laughs) Um, and I have a full-time job and a part-time job and I podcast, so I don't always have the most time. I wish that I did, um, which obviously is a goal of mine to to be able to have some kind of income from my podcast because I want to give you guys quality show and I want to give you guys continued um, to, you know, definitely challenge myself. And I think Patreon's going to challenge me. Um, so keep your ears and eyes out for, for that. I'm going to try and get that up soon. Um, because I have some ideas that I I definitely want to, want to try out on there. So, um, stay tuned for that and definitely follow me on Twitter, which is where I'm very, very, very active. And I always tell you guys everything that's going on and, um, it's definitely, um, where you want to, if you want to stay updated with me. Um, okay. So I think that's all the updates I have for this week. Um, yeah, I think that's it for this week. Uh, so let's, let's move into, uh, Black Swan, who is the winner, uh, the first, who is our winner of the first, uh, bracket of the March Madness movie month. Um, so if you guys want to see every single movie that's in the competition or in the brackets, whatever you want to call it, um, head over to Twitter. I have it pinned at the top of my page. Uh, so it's easier for you guys to look at everything. So basically what's going to happen is each week, um, I'm going to have, um, a voting poll set up and whoever wins the poll, um, is going to advance to the next round. And then by the end of the month, we're going to see who won. And it's all your guys' votes. It's got nothing to do with me. I can't vote. It's my Twitter. So it's whatever, whoever wins is, um, is, uh, is up to you guys. So, um, I think it's fun. I think it's going to be fun. So as I said, uh, this week's winner is Black Swan. So I know a ton of you out there have already seen this movie. So I'm not going to do my usual detailed dissection and discussion of the plot characters and the ending. I'm kind of going to just give you my opinion on it. And I'm going to give you some of the... um, some of the things surrounding the movie, any, you know, any crazy trivia or anything about, like, the the characters in the movie. Um, this movie won a shit ton of awards. Um, it had, it was, it was just, when this movie came out, it was huge. Like, I feel like everybody, like, literally everyone in my entire family, even my stepmom, who does not like horror movies or any psychological thriller movie, actually saw this movie, too. Um, so I feel like you can't, not run into somebody who has not either heard of this movie or has not seen this movie. I mean, I think the movie, Natalie Portman, I I think even won um, an Oscar for that, for her role um, as the, pretty much the main character, the leading actress for this movie. So I'm, like I said, I'm not going to really get, and this movie is also super long. So um, I, uh, I'm going to give you the Rotten Tomatoes and the IMDb rating, uh, and then we'll do like a short synopsis of it. And then I'm just going to go off my notes uh, I did rewatch the movie yesterday, uh, so it's fresh in my mind. As soon as, literally, guys, as soon as the poll closed, I watched that movie because I know how long it is, and obviously it's a time crunch because I put my podcast out every Saturday. Um, so between yesterday and today, I'm kind of trying to get it all filmed, edited, watched, and uploaded uh, so that you guys can listen to this podcast and my normal uh, my normal scheduled programming. All right. So without further ado, let's get into Black Swan. 
So as I said, I'm going to be giving you the Rotten Tomatoes and the IMDb rating, and I'm going to give you a uh, just a quick synopsis of the movie um, before we get into a more in-depth discussion about the movie. So um, Black Swan, oh, let's start with Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave Black Swan, if my computer would like to work for me, thank you, (laughs) Um, gave Black Swan an 85% with 84% of the audience liking it. And IMDb gave this movie a 8.0 out of 10. So this movie was released December uh, 17th, 2010 worldwide. Um, It has a running time of an hour and 48 minutes. It is categorized as drama and thriller. Um, It's rated R. Um, I actually saw this movie in theaters, which was pretty dope. I was super excited about this. Um, And obviously, you guys know, it uh, stars Natalie Portman and um, Mila Kunis. And Black Swan was directed by Darren Aronofsky. So, um, a quick synopsis of the movie, um, if you have not seen it, (laughs) um, to the few people who have not seen it. So, uh, basically it's about a committed dancer who wins the lead role in a production of Swan Lake only to find herself struggling to maintain her sanity. So, this movie, um, is probably one of my favorite movies of all time, um, do I categorize it as horror? No, there are some horrific scenes in this movie, but overall I do believe that, um, it is, it is more of a thriller and more of a drama than it is horror, but because it fits perfectly with the theme, um, I was super excited to get into this movie because as I said, I did see this in theaters, um, and I was really I remember even when it came out on DVD, um, I bought it and I watched it and I watched it several times and there were so, and I, and I remember reading articles and, and guys, this was nine years ago. So I was 20. Um, you know, there wasn't, YouTube wasn't as big as it is now and there weren't, you know, a ton of, you know, podcasts talking about movies and things like that. Um, So I remember just reading articles and trying to figure out exactly what was going on in this movie. And I came across a lot of different uh, theories about this movie. And I think I'm going to get into some of them a little bit later. Um, But I did rewatch the film, as I said. And I just feel like this film... I'm, I could probably watch it once a week and just not get bored. That's how much I enjoy this movie. So I always was fascinated by the idea of being a prima ballerina. Now, I didn't – I was never a dancer. Uh, when I was growing up, I played sports. I was a swimmer. Um, I played soccer all through um, high school. I uh, played it after college. So I I was more of an athlete than a ballerina. I'm not saying that a ballerina is not an athlete because they are. It's just a different kind of athlete. I was always very fascinated by the commitment and the time and the dedication that a ballerina puts into her work um, and especially a prima ballerina, which is essentially what Natalie Portman's character Nina is trying to achieve. Um, 
so we're introduced to our characters and there's really only three, four tops that are that um are really focused on in the movie. So we have Natalie Portman, who is the main character playing Nina. And then we have Mila Kunis, who's playing who plays Lily, um, who is another ballerina. We have Tomas, who is the director. Um, and then we have Nina's mother, Erica. Uh, and then everybody else is kind of just like in the in the foreground. Um, so those are really the only ones that we're focusing on. Um, and we're introduced to the idea that the theater is going to be doing um, Swan Lake, but he's the director. Tomas wants to take a more visceral, rare um, approach to this play um and or to this ballet and he wants to incorporate one ballerina to play both the black and white swan um so we're first introduced to our theme of black versus white good versus evil kind of thing and i'm not talking about race here guys i'm talking about the colors (laughs) um so we also have um a completely different approach to this entire uh, play. Because if I am um, familiar with the play, if if I'm saying this right, classically uh, Swan Lake was a white ballerina and a black ballerina playing. So the the black swan and the white swan. And uh, the white swan falls in love with her prince. And the prince actually falls in love with the black swan. And the white swan ends up killing herself um, to essentially... Uh, bring herself to freedom um but in Tomas's version of this he's going to have one ballerina playing the black swan and the white swan um so as I said there are a ton of different themes and symbolisms and um just so much going on in this film that I I want to really take my time and and make sure that I go through this so it's not too all over the place or too confusing um So I want to start with the character of Nina, um, who's played by Natalie Portman. So Nina in Spanish Spanish actually means little girl, um, which is in in great correlation to the character because when we're first introduced to her, um, we see that her bedroom is sort of like a child's bedroom. Um, She's very childlike. She's... She's very virgin-like. Um, she pretty much embodies the white swan to a T. Very pure, very virginal, very white. Um, we also see that she has a very overprotective mother. And we'll get into their relationship a little bit later. Um, we also see that she doesn't really have any friends besides um, her mother, um, so it seems like all she has really known her her entire life are her uh, is her mother and um, her dedication to being a ballerina. Um, we also see that she has some self mutilation going on. Um, we also see that she um, is basically being treated as a child uh, by her mother Erica and doesn't quite know how to transition into adulthood, Um, which brings me into more of the uh, themes and the symbolism for this movie. 
So obviously the biggest theme that we would have is um, a mental illness, mental disorder um, that plagues uh, Nina. Um, We see that she is mentally unstable. Um, She's paranoid and she has what we assume to be schizophrenia. Um, she's also a perfectionist. Um, she con- she's also a controllist. Um, when we go more into symbolism, we see that we have the black versus white. Um, we also have these psychological associations. Um, mirrors also play a big part in this movie as well, um, which I will get into. Um, also, loss of innocence is another theme. Um So I want to kind of go back to the mental disorder part of this movie. There are a lot of theories around why Nina would have um, these kind of issues. Um, As I said earlier, like the self-mutilation, the isolation, um, you know, this kind of stuck in a childlike manner. And the big one that I seem to found when I was doing my research and nine years ago when I was doing my research on this movie was that Erica, Nina's mother, had molested her as a child. Now, I'm going to get more into that a little bit later, um, but that is one of the biggest theories about this movie and people all over the internet and have dissected this and have really put in their two cents about all of this. And like I said, I'll get into that a little bit later. But I want to go back to um, more of the the symbolism of the mirrors, which I hadn't picked up on until I watched it recently now. So mirrors obviously are a reflection of ourselves. Um, and the director uses mirrors very frequently in this movie. So we have mirrors, I believe there's two mirrors in Nina's bedroom. We have the mirror in the studio, of course, because it's a ballet studio. Um, We have the mirrors in her dressing room, and we also see her reflection a lot. Um, Even in the first, I think the first like 10 minutes of the film, she's in the subway. She sees her reflection in the subway window. Um, which is where she kind of starts to lose it a little bit because she sees the back of Lily's head and um, she thinks that she's looking at herself. And then we have the other part um, when she is getting off the subway to go home. She's kind of in that like underground subway hallway thing and she sees uh, a woman walk by her that looks that looks like her. Um And also every time that she starts to kind of go into a little bit of maybe like a paranoid schizophrenic episode, we hear um, what I like to say black swan noises. It's kind of like her black swan is taking over Um, and we hear like really eerie whispering and I think at one point it even whispers her name. Um, So we also see um, that Nina is trying to grow up and her mother is completely suffocating her her mother is very protective of her her mother is very controlling of her and everything that she um is trying to do and we see um basically a breakdown of nina's character um almost happens immediately and it seems that she is so and in, in consumed by by this desire to be the swan queen 
um, that she will go to pretty much any length and basically lose her mind, um, literally lose her mind, um, to become this essence of the Swan Queen. Um, So we start to see her kind of unfold a little bit when she goes into Beth's uh, dressing room. Now, Beth is the current Swan Queen, um, or the current white swan, um, and it seems she's being let go, fired, because she's basically out of her, out of the age of being a prima ballerina. She's getting old, um, and she is being replaced by Nina. So Nina then sneaks into Beth's dressing room and steals her lipstick, and I believe she steals her earrings and a nail file as well. Um, so this also kind of reminds me of, uh, it's kind of a mix between childlike tendencies, but also an adult tendency, kind of her losing her innocence. So a child does steal, they're very, they can be very sneaky. Um, but it's also kind of like, uh, it's, it's essentially like a black, black swan and a white swan kind of thing. It's kind of taking elements from each part because if you think about it, the black swan would represent adulthood and the white swan would represent um, childhood. So of course, the beginning stages of the movie, Nina is embodies the perfect white swan um, from her, you know, from her dancing abilities to even her own personal life. Um, So we see that she steals those things and she is essentially losing her innocence we then see that she um is trying out for the swan queen and is interrupted by lily because lily is late and slams the door and it causes nina to fall from her spinning and don't come for me i don't know the exact terms for that but um she's essentially doing the spins on 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 point um so and she falls so the next day she goes um into Tomas's office and she's basically asking him for the part and she's very childlike when she's doing this you know her voice is very quiet and she's very like I was just coming because I I I wanted I wanted the part and Tomas is basically saying, like, you know, if I had the role, if I, I kept it traditional Swan Lake, you would have had the White Queen. I mean, I'm sorry, this, the, the, the White Swan Queen. But because he's like, I need a dancer who does both. Um, he actually gave the part to another dancer. And he said, I'm sorry, I already gave the part to her. So Nina leaves the office clearly defeated. And then we see that there are um, the casting Uh, papers have been um, put up on the wall and before uh, so Nina comes out of the office she actually runs into the dancer who was supposedly picked by Tomas and says you know congratulations so then the dancer like runs up to the paper and then then she um, with Nina the whole time so she runs past Nina looks at the papers and then we hear the dancer go hey and Nina turns around, she go and I I believe the the actress is basically just like fuck you um because then Nina goes back and checks, and she's the actual Swan Queen. So while, so I also forgot to mention, guys, while she's in Tomas's office, she's wearing the lipstick that she stole from Beth, and starts. They start like making out, and she kisses. She they start obviously making out. She ends up biting his lip, which is ultimately the the icing on the cake to have Nina be the Swan Queen. Um, 
which, you know, is fucking disgusting that. But whatever. I mean, I guess it showed that she could own her sexuality and could own the black swan as well as the white swan. So I get it. I get it. I get it. Technique, she's perfect. And that's probably why Tomas um, would have casted her. But because she didn't show an element of the black swan, um, that's probably where he kind of was like, eh, I don't really know um, if I can cast her. But then I guess all all Nina had to do is just bite his lip and make him bleed. <laughs> um so we then have um, Nina basically, she's becoming, she's getting more and more driven into her madness. And um, we're seeing more of, um, as I said, the mirrors. Um, it's basically reflecting her um, descent into her own madness. And um, we see that she actually is physically transforming into a swan as well. Um, she's kind of uh, having these delusions and she's having these hallucinations and um, this whole time she is still fighting with her mother and she's still trying to, you know, get her moves right and perfect everything and Tomas is still getting on her and saying, you know, you need to let go and you need to lose yourself and you need to really... Um, he, he's basically saying like, you don't need to be perfect because your imperfections make you perfect and to embody both parts of the black and white swan, you kind of have to be a little bit damaged. So the white swan, as I said, represents purity and the black swan kind of represents, you know, not purity. (laughs) So, you know, as the movie continues, uh, we see that Nina is just, just completely, um, just reckless uh she begins to kind of transcend more into adulthood we see that she's partying she's taking drugs with lily um she's exploring more of her sexuality um we also see that she's finally basically telling her mother to fuck off and to leave her alone she also even in one scene she threatens that she's going to move out um and we see um that she is as she's continuing to 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 lose her mind, her dancing improves. So um, there's also a scene towards the end, which is the ending scenes, obviously, uh, when she's in her dressing room and um, she's kind of um, in a frenzy. She's trying to get ready because the, the previous night before she had taken drugs with Lily and um, which I will get into, you know, more of those scenes when we get into, you know, Lily versus Nina. Um, so we see that she is in her dressing room. She's getting ready because it's the opening night and Tomas comes in and he says, Um, you know, you just have to lose yourself in this and, um, you know, don't hold back. And we see her starting to, um, get into makeup and she, you can tell she's a little nervous. Um, she's kind of out of it a little bit. So then she, uh, she goes on stage and she ends up actually falling, um, from when she's being held up by the male ballerina, um and we hear the crowd kind of like gasp and then she runs off stage and she's crying and everyone's asking if she's okay um and she kind of runs into she just runs into her dressing room and we see that uh lily is sitting in her chair and is saying i think i'm gonna i'm gonna play the black swan now um but as she turns we see that it's actually 
um, Nina. So now we have two Ninas. One's in a, in a black tutu ballerina outfit. And then we have um, the white um, ballerina Nina. So they're kind of facing off. But it's switching between Lily and, and, and Nina. And Nina ultimately stabs Lily. And she's, you know, she's saying, it's my turn now. And we see that Lily dies because... <laughs> um Nina stabs her in the stomach, pushes her against the mirror, which is also very symbolic. You know, it's finally like she, it's it's almost as if she's freeing her other half. She's freeing the black swan queen by breaking that mirror and then essentially stabbing Lily in the stomach. Then she goes back on stage and she's completely in her hallucination that she is becoming this black swan queen. Um, we see her metamorphosis into the black swan um, with the feathers and her eyes are super red. And um, she goes on stage and she just kills it. Like she performs the shit out of it. And... Um, everybody's cheering and everyone is, you know, on their feet and she runs off stage and she takes off the cover that she had across her face and she's kind of making these sh movements with her face and with her, you know, with her neck and her head and her shoulders and we hear the noise that we had been hearing throughout the entire film when um, her hallucinations would kind of take over and it seems to be that they've all completely, totally taken over. So now she's just being greeted by Tomas. And Tomas is like, you did it. You lost yourself. Like, you were amazing out there. And everyone, all the other ballerinas are around them. They're applauding. And she runs up to him and she kisses him. And then she runs back on stage and um, she takes a bow. And the audience is cheering and everyone's on their feet again. And um, then we have her go off stage and back into her dressing room and um we see that there is blood coming from underneath where she stored <laughs> Lily's body um so she puts a pink towel over it and she isn't just basically sits down and starts putting on her white swan makeup for the final act um but before she can finish she gets a knock on the door and she opens the door and it's Lily so now <laughs> um, Nina's freaking out because she's like, you know, in her head, she's like, I killed you. What's going on? <laughs> um, and then she moves the pink towel she used to cover the blood and there is no blood. She opens the door. There is no body. Uh, so then we have her looking down into her own um, stomach area and we see that um, she actually stabbed herself. So in like a schizophrenic episode, she was fighting with herself and um, she stabbed herself in the stomach with the symbolic mirror and she pulls it out and she's looking at it. Um, but that doesn't deter her. She continues to apply her makeup and uh, get back on stage. Um, so now she's finishing the last act of the play which is where she uh, goes up essentially into the, to the sunlight, sunrise, um, and she falls backwards onto a mattress. So as she is um, on top of the platform on the stage to fall backwards, we see that um, we get a glimpse of the blood spreading across her stomach um, and 
just destroying that um, Swan Lake white us outfit, ballerina outfit, tutu, whatever, whatever the correct terminology is for that. Then she falls backwards onto the mattress and um, Tomas is there congratulating her. And I believe uh, Lily is actually the one who says, was like, oh my God, what's wrong with her? And we just um, hear Nina um, just goes, perfect, I was perfect. And Tomas is like, and before he notices that she's bleeding out on the mattress, um, says, um, you were perfect. And then what's interesting, the ending, it actually fades to white. So instead of fading to black. Um, so essentially, uh, when I saw this movie the first time, guys, I didn't like the ending at all. Um, I... <laughs> I was like, oh, that's it. Where's the rest of it? Like, what's going Is she dead? What's going on? So obviously we have to assume that she's dead. Um, and she died perfecting her craft. And she died at her own hands because she stabbed herself in the stomach to embody this black swan and embody the white swan. And, um, you know, she was just so obsessed with perfection and doing it correctly that she completely lost her goddamn mind. Um... So yeah, the first time I watched it, I didn't like the ending because I always want to know what the reactions of everybody else is. Um, she actually did lock eyes with her mother before uh, she fell to her doom and um, her mother was crying. Not really fell to her doom, she fell to the mattress uh, before, I, I assume, bleeding out because if you think about it, she stabbed herself before the black swan um portion of it so she had been bleeding for at least 20 minutes I want to say like 25 minutes to a half an hour um of just bleeding out of her stomach so um yeah she did um so now I, I want to move into sort of the dynamics between the characters so we obviously have um Nina versus Nina <laughs> We have uh, Nina versus Erica, which is the mother and daughter relationship. And then we also have um, Nina and Tomas. And we also have Lily uh, versus Nina. Uh, so first, we kind of covered a lot of the Nina versus Nina already. So it was more her, both sides of her uh, schizophrenia um, battling itself one being the black swan taking the persona of the black swan and the other taking the persona of the white swan um so essentially uh, nina obviously dadded her own hands and um by her own control and her own um you know commitment and 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 everything that had to do with the the black swan versus the white swan essentially her schizophrenia um we also see that she obviously was struggling through uh childhood into adulthood the entire film um so now I'm, i want to move on to uh, nina and tomas so it seemed like tomas was obviously disgusting <laughs> um but at the same time, he had some good points when it came, besides the fact that he obviously fucked the prima ballerina, whoever it ever was, because um, we know that he had a relationship with Beth. Um, and then we know that he obviously was going to begin a relationship with Nina if she didn't kill herself. Um, 
So we see that Tomas is trying to unlock her black swan, so to speak. Um, and in doing so, unfortunately, unlocked it too much. And, you know, we met Nina met her d- demise. Um, so it seemed like Tomas was almost, he definitely played a part as a catalyst to releasing that side of her. Of course, he had no idea what he was doing. He just wanted to put on a good show with a good prima ballerina who who would, you know, it was, you know, entertain everybody and also do the steps right. Um, but still have that feeling and not be so robotic as of course, Nina was. Um, So he definitely unlocked the sexual side of her for sure, especially when there's one scene when they're practicing together and he's he's touching Nina and he's saying, you know, feel my touch, that kind of thing, because he's trying to get her to to unlock that that side of her, the sexual side of her that exudes out of the black swan, which is why the black black swan ultimately wins in the end because fucking sex sells. <laughs> this is also a very old play, guys. So, <laughs> but even back then they knew what sold, <laughs> um, or at least what sold to men. No offense to my male listeners, love you guys, but come on. <laughs> um, so then we have. Um, the relationship of Lily and Nina. Um, so I actually love Mila Kunis. So I was super stoked to in this movie. I love Family Guy. So <laughs> I was really happy to see that she was in this movie. Um, so we have Lily basically representing adulthood um, and the black swan. And we have Nina who obviously represents childhood being and embodies the white swan. Um, so we also see, um, that Nina kind of wants to, to be Lily a little bit. Lily is reckless. She's a little bit dangerous. She's very flirty. She's very sexual. She's very, she knows she's a good dancer, but the dancing isn't her whole life. Like she likes having fun, but she is dedicated to her dancing, but she kind of has control and balance of the things that Nina does not. Um, so it seems that, um, Lily is more of the badass. She's more of the damaged goods, so to so to speak. Um, you know, she does drugs, she drinks, she eats um bad food, she smokes, um, she has sex. Um, so she really embodies this person that Nina has never ever been before. Um, which is why I think it made sense that in Lily or I'm sorry, in Nina's hallucinations, Lily played the black swan counterpart. Um, because it wasn't Lily who was trying to take Nina's part. It was Nina who was trying to take Nina's part. (laughs) Um, so we also have, of course, I know I have to talk about it. The, uh, very infamous, legendary, iconic sex scene between, um, Lily and Nina. Now, I don't think this scene really, um, obviously it's a sexual scene, but I think it symbolizes more of Nina taking the traits of Lily into her own and becoming the black swan. Now, of course, we know that Lily never actually went home with Nina. Um, it was more 
we have to assume a solo act. Um, we'll get more into this scene when I get into the mother daughter aspect of it. Um, but I think it was more Nina, um, taking on the characteristics of Lily. And also remember guys, she was on, I, she was on XC or Molly. Um, Lily basically said it's pure MDMA. So we have to assume that it's Molly, so that whole sex scene, yes, it was it was very hot. Like I, I wasn't expecting that when I had seen it in the movie theaters. Um, but it wasn't a sexual thing. It, it symbolized more. It symbolized Nina really embracing um, the the traits that she needed to to become the black swan. So I apologize to anybody that's listening that if I ruin that scene for you. <laughs> I mean, you could still watch it and think whatever you want about it, but uh, that is that is what I think about it. Um, so then we get into more of the controversial relationship of Erica and Nina, the mother daughter. Um, now, the biggest theory, as I had mentioned earlier, was that um, Erica molested Nina when she was a child. Um, so there. <laughs> I really don't think that there was a subplot of molestation in this movie. I think that it was more of a very obsessive, very controlling, very overbearing mother who um, was just obsessed with her daughter. Um, So there seems to be... There are some scenes, though, that are kind of just like, like when Nina is given the part of the swan queen and um her mother gets her cake and nina's like oh i don't want to eat too much of it and her mother gets angry and throws the entire cake away but then has a little bit of icing on her finger and then holds her finger up to her daughter to lick the icing off of her finger which is gross yes but i think it's more of of Erica looking at her daughter as still a baby and kind of infantizing her. And because, you know, when you're a baby and your your mom gives you icing off of a cake or a cupcake, you eat it off of her finger. Um, so I think that's, I think that's what it was um, more so. Um, also, we have, um, and I, I don't know if I picked up on this, but I, I, I do remember this part. Um, we have the Erica obviously calls her daughter my sweet girl, um, and we hear Lily call Nina that during the oral sex portion of the movie of the the sex scene, um, which I I'm trying to remember if I heard it or not, but I, I'm pretty sure that's probably what happened. Um, and so then we also have that any time that Nina is experimenting with masturbation, her mother is always in the room or her mother is always around. So first we have, um, um, we have Nina in her bedroom and she's obviously, you know, and she rolls over and she sees her mother uh, sitting in the chair next to her sleeping so that obviously freaks her out then we have her again in the bathtub doing the same thing and we see blood start dripping into the bathtub and she looks up and um I assume but people say it's her mother but see the problem I have with this guys is that every time that she seems to hallucinate 
I think it's just her face that we're seeing. I don't think it was ever her mother's face because I believe that when she starts to um, be more of that of of the adult traits such as you know masturbating which obviously is an adult thing to do um her kind of black swan schizophrenic is watching her and is kind of just like you know I see what you're doing (laughs) um so I I don't I don't believe like I said I don't believe there is a subplot of um Erica molesting Nina I I don't know I think she just I think Nina just had a lot of mental disorders such as I think she was just extremely paranoid and she was mentally unstable. She was schizophrenic. She was perfectionist. Um, you know, she she self-mutilated. Um, and I, I, I really don't think that her mother molested her. Uh, I, I, like I said, there are a ton of theories flying all over the Internet about this movie that people convinced that um, they actually see – um, her mother is the one that's the one doing it during the sex scene, and it's not Lily. Um, but I, I, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't think that's what happened. Um, but I did obviously want to touch on it because it is you literally Google black swan theories, and the first one that comes up is this whole molestation thing. Um, but I don't think that's. I don't really think that's. Um, I don't really think that's what, what's what what's going on there. Um, so then we have, um, obviously a lot of resentment and jealousy, um, that Erica has for Nina because apparently, um, obviously her mother, uh, was a dancer, which is why Nina is obviously a dancer too. Um, and Erica had to give up her dancing at the age of 28 because she fell in love with her director and, uh, became pregnant with Nina, um, so, which which is why um, there's obviously resentment and jealousy. And they, they have a conversation when she got home one night from practice because her mother says, oh, you've been practicing really late. Um, you know, is, is Tomas making you do anything? Or is, you know, how is he with you? And Nina's kind of just like, no, we're fine. And this is when Erica kind of gives her that warning, like, well, you need to be careful because... Um, you know, I, look what ha- I I made this I made that mistake and I had to give up my career and you know it's just like oh well thanks mom you know I was a mistake and she goes no you know I don't mean it like that, um, so there, obviously there's a lot of resentment and then towards the end we see that Nina is kind of just like well you know you never got out of the core which basically is the um, a ballerina who's not a prima ballerina she's kind of just like the the additions um the like the supporting actress kind of thing to the main actress uh, is the best way that I can put it the backup dancer so to speak <laughs> um so um I, I just I really just don't think that there is a subplot of molestation in this movie um there's a lot of things that I think many people can interpret different ways but I think that was the director's idea I think that was his goal um now, obviously, if you are familiar with the director of this movie, he also directed Requiem for a Dream, which is in the next bracket for next week. So it'll be interesting to see if that one wins. Um, but he is known for how far um, an addiction will take someone because obviously in Requiem for a Dream, it's about drug addiction. And in this movie, it's obviously the addiction to be perfect. Um, 
So I did like that aspect of the movie, and I think that this movie was brilliant. Um, as I said, I, I have always had a fascination with prima ballerinas and the dedication they have. I've watched a shit ton of documentaries on ballerinas um, and just the dedication that they put into their work and they put into their craft. And I think that the reason Nina was so just out of her mind, a little batshit crazy, um, was because I'm sure from a very, very, very young age, she had this idea that she needed to be perfect. And then this obviously was instilled by her mother. Uh, her mother is basically the same thing that we hear about all the time and we see in tons of movies is that parents are living their dream through their children that they couldn't achieve when they were their age. This is exactly what's going on between Erica and Nina. I do not think that there was anything else really going on. Um, I think that Erica was just suppressing her child and I think that she just wanted um, the best for her child, but at the same time, it was too much. And this is what caused Nina to essentially have the mental illness that she did. Um, but once again, I, I, I'm not, obviously I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I, I don't understand how paranoid schizophrenia works. Um, we don't really get any character development on Nina or her mother or the father. The only thing we knew about the father is that he was obviously a, a director where Erica was a dancer when she was Nina's age. And that's kind of all that we know. Um, so who knows if they had a family of, um, if it was like a hereditary thing. Um, but obviously that would have taken away from the essential plot of the movie, which is about Nina, um, losing herself in the role of the Swan Queen. Um, so another thing I wanted to touch on a little bit was, and I actually just noticed this, it was really interesting. Uh, if you go into like IMDb and you look at, um, the different characters and the characters' names. So it shows Natalie, or I'm sure, I'm sorry, it shows Nina as the Swan Queen. It shows shows Lily as uh, the Black Swan, and it shows Erica as the Queen, Beth as the Dying Swan, um, and then we have the other actors and actresses. Um, oh, it shows Tomas as the Gentleman. Um, and then, but I assume that these are the names of, um, the parts that are in the actual Swan Queen, uh, or I'm sorry, Swan Lake, um, because the original that they're basing everything off of is called Swan Lake. So I thought that was interesting that, um, her mother is actually the queen, um, and Lily obviously is the black swan. Um, uh, so if, if you guys have not seen the Black Swan, um, I know it, it came out, it didn't come out that long ago. Um, definitely check it out. I mean, and really do your own interpretation, do your own research on this movie, because like I said, I've been watching this movie since it came out nine years ago and I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck is going on in this movie. <laughs> There's also a lot of uh, cool elements. There's The soundtrack is brilliant. I love the soundtrack so much. It's obviously taken um, play off of the original Swan Lake um, music. Um, I love the, the camera movements, the cinematography. It's just all so good. Um, the, the close-ups and and the mirror effects and um 
just everything about it. There's one one particular scene that I absolutely loved is when Nina is looking at herself in the mirror and we start to hear the whispering and she kind of turns to the side and the camera tilts and we see her reflection kind of go to the side and we see that that's, that's her schizophrenia like coming out and being like, hey bitch, like I'm here, like what's up? Like when am I going to come out and play? <laughs> um, so overall, I thought this movie played on everything. It played on the colors of the black and white. Um, when Nina is in, um, when she's in the club with Lily and they're about to take, they're going to start tripping um or rolling um she puts on one of uh lily's tank tops over her black tank top over her white tank top and it's just like yes the symbolism is there the whole time um nina is in these soft pretty white colors and lily's in these dark black gray colors it's just it's just everything about this movie was so was perfection almost and which is funny to say because that was literally Nina's whole life was trying to be perfect um so this is definitely one of my top five favorite films of all times now uh, as I said it's not a horror I don't really think it's a horror movie there are there are some nasty scenes in this movie like we have like the hangnail part which is gross when she's in the bathroom um you know we have her legs bending backwards when she's in her bedroom we have her pulling out the bird feather um from her back um we have the car accident with Beth and the how she basically has like a plate in her leg oh we also have the one scene um when Nina goes to visit Beth in the hospital to return all the things that she stole and um she starts stabbing herself in the face so there are some parts of the film that are scary um or do have an underlying scary part to them but overall this movie is like I said it's more of a thriller and more of a drama but it goes perfectly with the theme so I think that's all I have let me just run through my notes really quickly and just make sure um that I got everything (laughs) I think that I did um so if there's any theories that you guys have or if you guys have any comments about this movie, just tweet me or, you know, DM me or email me. Um, but I think that's going to be it for this episode. Um, did you guys like it? Do you guys hate this movie? What's your honest and horrific opinion on uh, Black Swan? I just want to thank you so much for listening to my episode of Horror Nights in Podcast with me, Crystal. So please remember to follow my podcast on whatever app you use. Um, If you do follow me on iTunes, um, if you don't mind leaving um, a rating and a comment, if you'd like, it just helps other people find my podcast too so they can enjoy it as well. Um, So I'm going to chat with you guys um, next week on another episode of Horror Nights in podcast i will be opening the voting for the next bracket in a couple days uh just so that i have time to prepare for the next episode um and thank you guys so much for uh voting if you did vote um for the first bracket and thank you so much for listening again and be sure to follow me at horror daddy's arrest to keep up with all things um me (laughs) all right guys i will talk to you next week Bye bye